There's no question, Chris, COVID-19 is dominating our lives right now. Uh, <laughs> no, really? <laughs> and how we get control of it is going to be through something the governor said time again, right? Look at the data. Look at the data. Data and science. Yep. Well, um, sometimes, though, we don't get all of the data that we need. We're going to hear a lot of uh, Republicans today, uh, both members of the House and the Senate, are going to be demanding that the governor release COVID-19 uh, contact tracing data to justify targeting bars and restaurants uh, with mitigation efforts. So that's something that you'll expect to hear a lot more about today. Uh, but we're also talking about its impact on sports with basketball being elevated. Uh, and as we've talked about uh, for months now, uh, schools, it just depends on which direction you point, Chris, you've got different policies. Uh, and as our students going to in-person school, which is the vast minority of students, I think only like 150,000 students in the state of Illinois are actually doing full in-person. Uh, while you've got uh, the hybrid model, some in-person, some remote learning, uh, that's a, a little bit larger of a number, but the vast majority of the 1.9 million students across the state are doing full remote learning. To talk more about this with us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, I'm Greg Bishop, Chris Murphy in the newsroom. We're joined by U of I Springfield Associate Professor Gary Reinbold. He's We've talked to before, Chris, um, the the Harvard grad who uh, knows how to crunch the numbers and to tell us what the stories are from those numbers. So, Gary, thanks for taking time with us this morning. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine this morning. Thank you. So um, give us, I guess, what you uh, looked at here and uh, how you got to the, uh, the data and why you're looking at uh, the impact of in-person school versus some of the other efforts that uh, that are in front of students right now. Sure, I'm happy to. So. This is sort of an important topic for us all right now, of course. Uh, schools are sort of the last piece of, of the puzzle that we're trying to get back open. And, um, you know, we're, we're struggling with that a little bit. As you, as you mentioned, there are a lot of places around the state where everybody's still online. And so I wanted to look at that. And I should say I knew going into this, it's a, it's a very difficult issue to look at. It's very hard to figure out exactly how much school reopenings have contributed to, to changes in these COVID case factors. Um, you know, for a lot of different reasons, which, which I won't bore you with. But essentially, as researchers, we think about different potential problems with research. And this sort of research has almost all of them. Um, so there, there's a lot that you need to do. But, but knowing that, I went into this and looked at it as carefully as I could. And what I did is I sort of grouped the counties in Illinois into three different groups. And all of this has to be done at the county level because that's where all the case data is available at. And so there are three groups of counties, essentially, a group of counties that has most of their students in online learning, a group that has most of their students in in-person learning, and then a group that has most of their students in hybrid learning. And then what I did is I, with those three groups of counties, I compared them as carefully as I could with each other so that you're matching up similar counties from each group with similar counties from the other groups. And I looked at the last week of August and the first two weeks of, of September um, after school had just started and before there was too much changing among those groups, because that's really one of the problems we have here is that the schools are flipping from one group to another, you know, as time goes on. Well, we've, we've seen that here locally. We've seen Riverton schools are starting, you know, in person and then they had to switch to remote Williamsville schools as well. So, yeah, that does make it a little bit difficult for you to really uh, uh, narrow down on uh, what exactly these uh, these stories being told are. Uh, so you looked at all this data, you're crunching it, you're comparing it closely, all with the understanding that things might change and you might not have the last minute data. But from what you were able to glean here, we're talking with Gary Reinbold. He's a, a professor at the University of Illinois Springfield. What did you find out? What was the uh, the top level uh, conclusion? 
Okay, well, there's sort of two different ones. I, I looked at both cases and deaths, and I didn't find any difference among the instructional types, um, hybrid or in-person or online, in terms of the number of deaths over those first three weeks of September. And, and honestly, that didn't surprise me. Most of the research that we've seen on even much broader social distancing measures, like the stay-at-home orders that we talked about a while ago, has found that, that really aren't impacts on death, and that's for a number of reasons. But, you know, essentially, deaths are so unpredictable, and in a lot of cases, they're just sort of a matter of bad luck in terms of who happens to get sick, whether they happen to be in a high-risk group. Um, so, so I wasn't surprised that there wasn't anything there. Um, looking at cases, uh, I found mostly what I expected, but not entirely. There were big differences um, between um, in-person learning and the other two types of learning. Um, so, you know, counties that had most of their students in in-person in learning um, had 30 to 40 percent more cases over those first three weeks than you would expect um, as compared to counties that were fully online, and 20 to 30 percent more than counties that were hybrid, where most of the students were in hybrid. Uh, so those are pretty big differences. So, so and, again, uh, just to just I guess to reiterate that you saw uh, a significant, statistically significant, uh, increase of COVID nineteen positive cases in counties where most of the kids were doing in person learning. Yeah, and the cases were really increasing in all of these areas over those first few weeks, but the differences weren't significant. You know, those the differences were there. Um, you know, the, the counties that were in that had most of their students in person learning had a larger increase than than the counties where most of the students were in online or hybrid. But that did not correlate with an increase of death. Is that right? No, no, that's right. And you know, generally speaking, we do expect there to be a relationship between cases and deaths. If you look at the curves, deaths tr- tend to trail a few weeks behind the case curve. But as I said, it's hard to really relate any particular factor to increases or changes in deaths just because they're they're much more unpredictable than the case numbers. Are. Right. And there's other you know, factors involved, like, uh, you know, the comorbidities of the individual who may have passed uh, with COVID-19 and so on. Uh, so we're talking with Gary Reinbold, the University of Illinois Springfield professor who crunched the numbers uh, over a set period of time, looking at uh, uh, the impacts of in-person instruction uh, and uh, the increased number of cases. So again, for people just now tuning in, Gary, uh, give us the, the top level uh, conclusions uh, that you found. Uh, from your research, well, and I haven't even gotten to the most unexpected one. Oh, so I'll, I'll, I'll start. You with know what? That. Could you possibly stick around uh, past the break? Sure, sure. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, we'll take a break here and we'll uh, revisit the numbers and really. We didn't get to the most significant outcome? All right, so we'll get to that coming up next here uh, with the WMAY Morning News Feed. We're talking with Gary Reinbold. He's a University of Illinois professor who uh, delved deep into numbers and found that... um, Well, there's uh, some outcomes that can be made by looking at all the data from students going back to school in person or just doing remote learning. Uh, And uh, there's some findings that uh, we have yet to get to. Uh, So, Gary, thanks again for holding over here with the WMAY Morning News Feed to uh, unpack some of your important work. Uh, So, again, give us the the conclusions we've talked about so far. Increased number of COVID-19 cases in counties where there is the majority of students doing in-person instruction 30 to 40 percent more of an increase compared to schools that are just doing remote learning uh but that did not correlate with an increase in fatalities from COVID 19 correct 
that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have saved the, the most interesting piece for last. That's fine. But, no, that's fine. Drive drive time radio, it's in and out. But I'm glad we were able to keep you through so we can get the most important conclusion here. Well, to me, the most interesting thing that I found was that there wasn't a significant difference between counties that had most of their students in hybrid and counties that had most of their students fully online. Um, so you, you might expect that there would be. Um, but it looks like there may be a small difference there in the data, but it's much smaller than the difference between, you know, in person and either of the other two groups. So, again, um, what should teachers, what should parents, what should students take away from uh, this research that you've done? Well, I think the biggest takeaways are maybe for school boards is that, um, you know, a lot of school boards are just sort of relying on what's happening in the community and, and saying, well, we can't open schools up until the situation in the community is exactly the way we want it. And I, I think that's I mean, sort of sending the wrong message, which is that, well, let's open everything else up first. And only then, if we get everything under control, will we open schools. Schools are, you know, the lowest and last priority. And. I mean, instead of looking at it that way, I think you ought to be looking at every activity in terms of what are the benefits of the activity and what are the risks of the activity. And, you know, certainly we know there are a lot of benefits to having kids in schools across a variety of different areas. And more and more, it's looking like the risks aren't as significant as we thought they were. And it's not just my study. Um, There was a nice piece on NTR um, uh, news site last week um, talking about the risks of reopening the schools. And they looked at studies from a lot of different places and anecdotal evidence. And, you know, generally speaking, the conclusion was schools don't seem to be contributing a lot to the spread of it. Gary, um, we've talked before in the past about other research you've done uh, looking at the uh, fatality rates in uh, conjunction with the, the stay-at-home orders. Um, can you kind of delve back into that here in the in a final few moments to kind of reiterate what those findings were, especially as we're facing now? You know, regions throughout the states having um, uh, not stay-at-home orders, but having uh, increased mitigations. What, what can we learn from the data that you uh, cultivated um, uh, a couple of months ago? Well, the stay-at-home orders was sort of a similar situation, and it wasn't just that. When people looked at other sorts of social distancing measures, too, generally speaking, you could find effects where you expected to find them on case on case counts, but. We usually didn't find them on death counts, and it's for the reasons we talked about. Deaths are just much harder to predict. There aren't, you know, there aren't a certain number of factors that contribute to them the way cases are. They're much more dependent on the individual. Gary, I uh, appreciate you reaching out and um, definitely need to uh, get back with you and uh, look at uh, all of the different data that you've compiled. Uh, what else are you working on uh, when it comes to COVID-19? Well, there's nothing else too much on COVID-19 right now. This actually isn't usually focused on my research, but like everybody else, I've sort of been sucked into it. So. <laughs> yeah, there's no joke about that. Well, Gary, uh, thank you so much again uh, for taking time with us this morning. If people want to see your work, where can they find it? Oh, well, the easiest place to find it would be on my blog on the UIS website. If you go to um, uis.ed or blogs.uis.edu slash, and then my name is Gary W. Reinbold, R-E-I-N-B-O-L-D. And people can uh, also just search out online, uh, Gary W. Reinbold, and they'll be able to find that as well. Uh, Gary, thank you again. Uh, we'll talk again soon, all right? Sure. Thanks for having me. Well, Chris, it's uh, been another just nonstop uh, in your face. I apologize to people for not having too much fun. <laughs> 
But <laughs> quite frankly, I mean, this stuff's drastically important, and uh, people really need to is. be informed. Uh, well, so. exactly. I mean, people have to know the stories. I mean, drilling down from the researchers, and you you heard his his research. You know, obviously, uh, you know, not not a significant impact in deaths. You know, as right. far as as far you might as see the, increased cases, which yeah, yeah right. we're seeing increased cases. More people are testing, but. You're not seeing that increase in death in counties that have in-person instruction. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's, uh, that's pretty significant there.